Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. You know what this is, right? You've heard this before. It's a story streaming podcast where we go see a movie, a brand new movie. We come back to the microphone without voicing our opinions with each other. And we talk about it for you, the audience. Uh, I'm Jack Kolodzewski, joined tonight by my brother, Jeremy Kolodzewski. I'm back. And you know the Kolodzewski boys are back in town, so that means we went to go see a horror movie. Of course. What do we see tonight, Jeremy? Well, we saw uh, a a little movie from um, co-writer, director, and star, you know him from The Office, John Krasinski. And this is his third movie, his third directed movie. It's called... You work for him? Was that? You work with him? No. You say he's from The Office. Like, he's, he's at work? Yeah. That's cool. Uh-huh. You should, when you uh, go to work tomorrow, you should tell him, pretty good flick. Mm-hmm. He's going to make a face. You know the face that he makes. No, I don't work with him. Mm-hmm. He always likes to look to the side and makes this, uh, this certain face. You, you know the face. Anyway, what's the name of his movie? The movie's called A Quiet Place. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of A Quiet Place, Jeremy? It was a tight and solid little horror movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was I, uh, fun. I liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, tight is a good word for it. It's it's quick. I think our showing was uh, started at 7.20 and we had about 45 minutes to an hour worth of trailers and then we were out by 9.10. So. Yeah, they showed us like every movie that was coming out for the rest of the year. Pretty much, yeah. Um no, but yeah, it's a very tightly paced little horror movie and mm-hmm. uh, does very well. So, okay, you want to set up what this is a little bit? Sure. Um, so, it's a movie that takes place like 20 minutes into the future and humanity has been all but like decimated by these uh, mysterious monsters. Yeah, it's post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. by way of awful monsters. Yeah. And we follow this this family. We have the the father played by John John Krasinski. Yes. The wife played by his real life wife, actual wife, Emily Blunt. And we have um, we have the kids. Um, who I want to say I recognize the oldest daughter from something. Well, the oldest daughter. The interesting thing about her is that her character is deaf, and she's actually deaf. She's in real actually life. deaf in real life. In real yeah, life, yeah. yeah. But I think I, I feel like I recognize her from another movie. Have you looked this up? No, no. All right. Well, keep talking. Keep talking about. The, yeah, the only thing I really, I really looked up is that I made sure that John, this isn't John Krasinski's first directed movie. It he's is direct, not his first. Director. No, he's directed two other movies. One of them is called like Brief Interviews with Hideous People. Okay. And I forget the other one, but this is this is the movie where he's like you know gotten like a lot of attention from. This movie premiered at. Uh, South by Southwest. Yes, too, last month. Too much praise. Yeah, it's it had like ninety nine hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes for like I think a month. It still does. I think it was like ninety eight yeah. when I checked. Uh, so the, a lot of people are are liking this movie a lot, and so basically, uh, we follow this family trying to survive in this world completely decimated by monsters. Mm-hmm. And the thing about these monsters is that they attack and they attack viciously to kill. Mm-hmm. when you make a sound. Right. So because of that, this whole family has to live 
a life of not making any sounds whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So they have to pour sand wherever they go. They gotta. They have to talk to each other in sign language, and they gotta make sure they don't make any sounds because the the littlest sudden sound could mean their death. Right. So yeah. So it starts off. Um... A little tidbit for our listener out there who probably has heard this if you're from the area, but if not, uh, we live in a town called Beacon, New York, uh, hence Story Screen Beacon, and they shot um, uh, at least parts of, I don't know about the more rural um, parts, but they shot um, some of the opening scenes of the film in Beacon, New York. So as far as I'm familiar with, the whole movie was shot in Dutchess County. Okay. In the Hudson Valley. That makes sense. And I think a lot of the more rural parts parts especially like the farm was filmed in Pauling okay and yeah the um the opening scene is them uh scavenging a pharmacy and that was shot like down the street from where we're recording this yeah at a um five minute walk beacon natural foods market yep um and you can recognize it if you've been in yeah the yeah it's 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 a little surreal but cool it's cool yeah uh I remember when they had that they had it shut. I was going to buy some uh, some groceries, and they had it shut down. And I oh, was like, really? what's going on there? They were filming in there. They were filming in so, there. Um, How long ago was this? This was last October. October 2017? Mm-hmm. Uh, or 2016? Because uh, I was going to say, you know, that's not that long ago. Hmm. It might have been... I don't know. Might have been twenty sixteen. Yeah, it, it, it could have been. It makes more sense. Yeah, I think that's when it was. Because what is time? Time make, is an illusion. Making movies uh, takes a long time, and they're, if they're still yeah, filming like six months before release, I don't. That's, that's true. Crazy. It might have been twenty sixteen. Yeah. I either either way, they filmed here in Beacon. Yes, and that's cool. We're very proud of that. Yes, and um, uh, yeah, you can tell the rest of it was also filmed in the lovely Hudson Valley. Yeah, it's a lot of. Um, you know they make it look good it's fall mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty mm-hmm. we live in a pretty area um so that's neat um so th- so one of the big things about this movie is that because they live they have to live in such literally the title of the movie such a quiet place yes there's very little spoken dialogue throughout. it's, it's a quiet movie mm-hmm. like if you've seen the trailer the at least the first trailer that they released for this was is a very it's an effective trailer but it's very quiet throughout mm-hmm. the and it shows it follows the family like living kind of their day-to-day routine and just getting by and being completely silent like all day and communicating with each other only through sign language which I thought was really interesting um how their daughter is deaf and it makes sense that they all know sign language right mm-hmm. um so it's it's interesting to get like that kind of like okay so the I've I always say about horror movies I think the ones that are very effective are the ones that are good at a establishing characters that are likable and that are capable mm-hmm. and using the kind of ebb and flow of tension and release yeah to absolutely good effect. And because of the way this movie uses sound, or lack of sound, anytime they're just doing their kind of day-to-day regular routine, it's very tense. Yeah. And the tension 
you know, there's the the opening scene. We'll get more into this when we start talking about spoilers. But from the get go, you are immersed in quiet, and you can tell that the characters on screen are tense because they know that any false move, any loud sound, could immediately be their end. Um, so to that effect, it uses that lack of sound very, very well. And uh, I have to, I have to say, for our audience, I think for the most part they were very respectful. For because, the most part, you know, there's it's, it's uh, th- there's the in- the inevitable things of you know because this movie's so quiet, you can hear everybody chewing on their popcorn. You can, yeah, you could hear a pin drop for the most of this movie, and mm-hmm. we didn't have anyone in the theater. Like I also find with horror, you know, there are the jokesters that come, of course, and they're scared. So to break their own tension, they goof off or make jokes. Mm-hmm. No one did that during a movie. I think this movie like really demanded your respect. You need to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in our audience, definitely. And they definitely were. But for those that were you know, just going to see a movie on Thursday night and got their bag of popcorn, <laughs> the, um, the people in the front row can hear you if you're in the back <laughs> munching yes, on popcorn. Yeah, seriously. Because... It's very quiet most of the time. <laughs> the um, even before the movie started, I feel like that we saw a trailer for the upcoming movie, uh, Her- um, Hereditary. Yes, and that kind of like made the whole made the whole theater like on edge. Yeah. a little bit. Well, that's were, a very that's a very tense trailer. There were two back to back horror movie trailers. One was Truth or Dare. That looks which looks like your kind of run of the mill teenager dog shit horror movie yeah um it looks like really it looks corny. like final destination with a, a more gimmick a super corny concept i mean kind of like it did you see happy death day last year no i didn't either um i think maybe mike or robbie did but that movie knows that it's corny and it's and it's like based around a gimmick and it seemed to be having some amount of fun with it mm-hmm. this is like the same level of corniness, corniness, without realizing like it should be having fun to make it okay. How, how tacky yeah. the whole premise is. So that movie looked like dog shit. Um, <laughs> and then immediately afterwards was the trailer for Hereditary, which is an upcoming A twenty four horror movie. Oh yeah. Um, and that looks fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, that looks. It just. The the Truth or Dare trailer, I think everybody was just kind of like, oh, haha, like, this is, you know, whatever. whatever. And then, then the Hereditary trailer comes on and everyone's like, fuck, man, I, I gotta, I need a hug. Like, I, need to, <laughs> I need to talk to and that And that tension ca- definitely carried over yeah. into the actual movie. Yeah, despite the Mission Impossible trailer that they've continued to show be- before every movie that's been out in the first half of this year. Well, you know. Um, yeah, it... That tension was palpable throughout this movie. Absolutely, it's very um, John Krasinski definitely borrows a lot from um, the like the Hitchcockian mm-hmm. school of um, tension, mm-hmm. where you establish something real bad is gonna happen, right, and then you put it away, and then you have your characters um, show in them that, show them the bomb, show them the bomb yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. You you show that you know you you establish the idea that these creatures are vicious Deadly. and and you know they're they're basically unstoppable. Right. They behave kind of similarly to. Um, well, let's not let's before we get into the details. Oh, you're of, like, right. You're right. Behave. We should save that for some spoiler stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of shades of you can see a lot of influence 
um, in this movie, and I had like a long list in my head of influences. I can think of a few. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe it'll jog my memory. A big one was Jurassic Park. That's it. That's the biggest one. It feels like the raptor scene. Yeah. The whole time. It's the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, Buds, the whole movie. Yeah, it feels like the raptor scene from Jurassic Park or the, the whole um, time. Or the grass scene in The Lost World, if you'd like. No, I wouldn't like. Uh, well, <laughs> there's a scene that reminded yes, me of that, that also. Yes, you're right. But um, a lot of influences from Jurassic Park, a lot of influences from Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of uh, Signs. Um, a little bit of... Um, the Last of Us? Yeah, definitely. Especially the um, John Krasinski's character. John Krasinski's character, but also the monsters. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's some... there's With the specificity going on in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you can see a lot of different influences here. And, and it's, it's very interesting. And I, I think, to my other point about what makes horror effective is, is establishing characters that you connect with mm-hmm. as the audience. And you can tell that... This family, you know, it, it starts off starts off pretty soon after the apocalypse happens. I think, right? Yeah. What's the it, first time? It, it's it's like it, it starts days, it's, it like, starts out just like a few months after, yeah. and then they come. We skip to more than a year later, like four hundred and something days. Yeah, and this family has survived because they are prepared, because they know what they're up against, and because they follow very strict rules so when things happen it's not your you know alien covenant where it's like why are these scientists bumbling all over themselves and and fucking up left and right it's more these people are in control of the situation but there are circumstances that make them you know shit happens yeah and when the shit happens you're like oh fuck yeah look out john krasinski definitely definitely um that's definitely uh accomplished by the sound design the sound design is excellent because you know there's there's things like you know you go your day-to-day life and sometimes you bump into shit yes and it makes noises i feel like john krasinski got the idea for this movie by like you know it's like 1 a.m he's hungry he's going down to, uh-huh. to get a snack from the fridge uh-huh. he makes a noise wakes up everybody and it's in the, the loud, house like you bump into something and it's the loudest noise you've ever heard in your life you know he stubs his toe and then he's like oh shit i got a great idea for a movie yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah if you've ever been in this situation where you're trying not to wake someone up and you you know step on the creek on your floor and it's the loudest sound you've ever heard like yeah. that is this movie distilled absolutely um and it's it's really great and they use, you know, as you mentioned, the daughter is deaf. Their oldest daughter is deaf. Their only daughter is deaf. Um, and they play with that a little bit as well because you get some of her perspective where you don't hear any sound. Right. Um, so I think that's a really, that's an interesting, like, dynamic that they threw in there as well. Uh, I also think it was just visually, like, another nod to the Hudson Valley. Like, it's very well shot and it's very pretty. Absolutely. Yeah. It, there's there's a level of... of style and craft that I think that uh, Krasinski pulled off here. Mm-hmm. That is like impressive. That was very yeah. impressed. Yeah. Sometimes um, being the writer, director, and star of a movie doesn't always work out. And like there's, you mm-hmm. get this high sense of vanity that happens when when that doesn't work. Yeah. But he doesn't really make this movie about himself. No. No, definitely not. He makes this movie about, um, you know, it's definitely about family. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but it's a movie about family. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a movie about the fears of parenthood. 
Yeah, for sure. That's that's a really great big theme, and like, um, you know, either like securing your children to make sure they live like a good and safe life, and, and yeah, and, and protecting your children, and protecting your children. Anything. Yeah, that's and a huge and it theme. present and it presents that theme in a very um, lethal environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which makes for a very tense. Not, I will say, it's not the most surprising movie. No, I mean definitely. I mean it's a it's a monster flick with a very interesting twist. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a very interesting spin on a on a monster flick. The themes of of the anxiety of parenthood are there, and I think they're strong and they're well accomplished. So, if you're going into this and you want to be like really like surprised, or like if you want to see like a, a game changer, because like you might have that idea in your head from looking at like the the Rotten Tomatoes score or something. You're not going to get that, well, but you are, but it, it like, like what you said, it takes uh, a very simple premise and does its own unique thing with it. It, it executes it very well. Uh, definitely. It really lends execution. Like this premise is not that complex, No, but it nails it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it nails it by establishing really good tension. Nails. By, yeah, uh, by creating likable characters um with a good really good family dynamic mm-hmm. uh that you care about that are not idiots that are not getting picked off because they're making stupid mistakes right um and i think that all lends like all that and it's well paced it's well shot the sound design is great all that adds up to it, it's it's quick so it's you know it does not overstay its welcome um and it it does well to establish tension and then give you good scares by the those very loud sounds mm-hmm. that pop up that release that tension. Um, so I think all that like adds up to just a very solid horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I have minor gripes with it, but those are I'll save those for the spoiler section. Sure. Yeah, we can. Uh, do you have any final like kind of general thoughts here before we jump into spoilers? You basically hit the nail on the head. Like it's a good. Uh, tight ninety minutes. That's very much worth your time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 a good experience. Yes, and um, it'll it'll definitely be a good example of like good sound design in like modern Hitchcockian um context. Yeah, and I'm gonna say this to everyone. Please, please, dear listeners. Just skip the popcorn this time. Okay? It's fine. You can get your popcorn for, you know, go see Ready Player One or whatever. But this one, just eat like a meal beforehand. Don't eat popcorn because it you're going to feel like an asshole reaching into that. But every time you reach into that bag and it crinkles, no, don't do that. Uh, it's just, you're just... You're gonna disturb everybody because this it's this movie. You can seriously most of the time hear a pin drop, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be that guy. No. So um, we will be right back, um, and when we come back, we will jump into some spoilers. Hello, welcome to another episode of It's Fitz, where Story Screens Film Laureate. Brian Robert Fitzgibbons speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1990 miniseries, It. Shit. It. Um, never saw the original 
Tim Curry it. I've been scared ever since I saw a picture of him or like even like a clip of that. That motherfucker is creepy. And yeah, that was on television. So does that even, yeah, that counts. Um, I saw the new it and didn't do much for me. Maybe it was because of that Stranger Things kid annoyed the shit out of me. But I don't know. It was just over like after seeing the original I never saw the original, but like, like Tim Curry in a costume rather than the CGI shit. And it was also kind of long. I don't know. When things drag, it's like, get it over with. Short and sweet. Hit and quit it. That's it. This has been another episode of It's Fits. For more on It from the Story Screen family, check out episodes 54 and 59 of our podcast. back and we're going to talk about some in-depth plot specifics some spoilers about a quiet place mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna shout out a spoiler like robbie does no robbie. thank you i appreciate that's that. robbie's thing yeah I'm that's robbie's it. thing let's leave that uh, to robbie so this movie starts off like you said show them the bomb yeah right and we get the scene that that opens up in <laughs> beacon natural market and uh uh, you see John Krasinski and uh, Emily Blunt, whose character names I don't think are ever mentioned. You don't get their names until the credits. They list them in the credits, but they don't ever actually, I don't think, call each other by their names. I don't think so. Um, it's a different movie. Right. <laughs> um, but they open up in the in the grocery store and they're with their three children. And they have, it seems like their daughter is probably what, like... 12 or 13. 12, 13, yeah. And then they have a son who's probably like 8 or 9. Yeah. Maybe 10. Yeah. And then they have a 4-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And the 4-year-old son is um, basically... Hasn't really come to grips of what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, he's 4. Yeah. What can you do? Exactly. Um, And it's only been, what, like, I think, like, at this point, it's like three, after. Like 2, 3 months. Yeah. Um, so they're in a, they're basically looking for supplies in this grocery store. They establish the kid as cute by giving him his like, we're going to escape here in a rocket ship. Like that's how we'll get away. And then he gets a toy, which they show in the trailers. Yeah. This scene is in the trailers. It's in the trailers. Um, and in the trailer, it's like, oh, oh, little kid, what are you doing? How, you know, you should know better little kid to get this toy rocket ship that has lights and sound on it when we very learn very immediately like you know or when, when we're familiar with the rules like you have to be quiet you can't talk but the movie totally for me i was kind of surprised because they just fucking kill that kid oh yeah that like, kid gets iced immediately mm-hmm. and like right off the bat i thought it was interesting that they showed the monster like they give you a pretty good look at the monster it's very like, uh, it's kind of a blink if you miss it but they do show like but the they whole show thing. you the monster yeah like and within the first 10 minutes of the film one of my gripes of this movie was that i was a little disappointed with the creature design okay i thought the creature design was pretty interesting it was all right but it definitely borrows from the thing that a lot of modern monster movies do especially like 
It it looks very similar to the Cloverfield monster. It looks a lot like the Cloverfield the Super monster. Eight monster. Yeah. The Necromorphs from Dead Space, like the whole uh, spindly crab like front legs. Yeah. That they have, and you know it it definitely looks different. Like it its face kind of puffs out like a flower. Yeah. And it kind of has teeth like a langolier. Oh yeah. Okay. And well, um, kind of like a xenomorph also. Yeah. Or, actually, it reminded me a bit of like Venom. Yeah, yeah, like little, the big teeth, like the protruding teeth. I don't know why my my thought went to Langolier before it went. To yeah, that's a that's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, but right, that's a deep right. Cut. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought the creature design was pretty cool. It definitely b- borrows pretty heavily from a lot of other things. I, I mentioned think, The Last of Us before the break. Yeah. Um, because of the clickers, right? Because oh yeah, definitely. You get a lot of this later on in the movie, but. It seems like they're using some sort of echolocation, um, as well as just being able to hear very well. Like, I guess. I guess. Um, I watched this movie a couple months back called The Ritual on Netflix. Oh yeah, I haven't caught that yet. It's 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 not bad. It's pretty decent. But decent. the thing that stands out about it is that the creature design is in cool. in that movie is really something. Okay, and it's really like original. It's like it doesn't look like anything yeah, I've seen in a movie uh, before. Yeah, don't leave it at that. Because yeah, I, I yeah, do want to see that movie, and I for have, sure. I've, Heard similar sentiments that, like, the creature reveal is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, movie's kind of just okay, but the creature is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, this this movie is kind of like the opposite. Like, the movie's great, but the, but, the, but the creature design is, like, is not my favorite thing. That being said, the creatures are still very threatening. That's, I think that's the thing for me is that it's very effective in establishing with that opening scene where they lose their youngest son, mm-hmm. which is usually, you know, somewhere that most films are unwilling to go. Right. Like, not only, Especially PG-13. Not only murdering a child, but, like, murdering the youngest child mm-hmm. um, very suddenly. Yeah. It establishes the danger. Mm-hmm. And I think it does a very good job establishing that danger. It shows you the bomb. Yeah. But it shows you a bomb by blowing up a four-year-old, yeah. <laughs> which is like, all right, Krasinski, you got yeah. my attention, dude. Yeah. And, you know, this is, like I said before, this is a PG-13 horror movie. Yeah, but I, it, I guess it didn't, uh, I didn't, didn't resonate with me that it was PG-13. But, but it does teeter that line. Yeah. Like, it could have e- very easily been R-rated with just, like, a few more seconds uh, Just a little in. bit more, like, graphic uh, scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, because... The creatures are violent, and yeah, they, they strike quickly and effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think they're very scary. Yeah, and I think the the lethality of the creatures, w- with the tension of the most of the movie being very quiet, I think really like gives you a very tense movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it it made me jump a few times. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it squashes the raccoon. Oh yeah, that yeah, that, that was, the whole theater the whole woke theater up at that point. For that one, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, and so I, it struck me that that opening scene for sure, and then I think they do a good job of from there, like kind of giving you as an audience a break by letting you kind of breathe and live in this reality that they live in, mm-hmm. where they are just kind of going about their life and being quiet, right, living a quiet life. They, um, they show you all the details of how they have everything set up. Yeah. How they keep surveillance. You know, they live on a farm, so that's how they get all their food. Right. And um, and that's where uh, I was talking about before the break, like, 
they are capable mm-hmm. characters. You know? Very much so. Um, John Krasinski's character, especially uh, both Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, are obviously self-sustainable because they're living on a farm, but they are well prepared to live in the reality that they're in. They're a real power couple. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In real life and in this movie. Yes. Yes. Um, I, the one, and I get it when, especially you know, you talking about the um, themes of the anxiety of parenthood and mm-hmm. protecting your children, but. Would you really have another kid in this world? Would you birth? A, would you really want to bring another kid into this world? Uh, listen, I know shit happens, but like, pull out Krasinski. Seriously, man, <laughs> what are you doing? You, you know, know, babies cry, right? I mean, they address that later on in the movie. They do and, indeed address and, it, and they prepare for it with that soundproof room. You know, I'm I'm goofing here because, like, what they do with Emily Blunt's character being pregnant, I think, is extremely scary. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll dig into the scene maybe in a second. That's another bomb that they that they exactly, put there. Yeah, and uh, it that is definitely like one of the more tense scenes in the film. Um, but like, really? Yeah, I mean, I Go guess... Go for another I guess, one? Come on. I guess it's because, like, you know, they were so... Um, they, you know, they were so uh, traumatized by what happened to the youngest son that maybe, like, having another child would be a way of, like, moving on. Because I've heard couples do that. Yeah, like, but you're bringing another child into this world that just viciously murdered your last child. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. Especially... That- I, I personally was like, are they going to end of MASH this shit? You've seen the end of MASH, right? I, the, the TV series, I heard about it. You've, you're familiar with what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are they going to... Spoilers for MASH, if you haven't seen MASH. Or the TV series. The TV series, yeah. Are they going to have to smother that baby <laughs> to keep it quiet? Thankf- and they did not, thankfully. Thankfully, that I think that would have definitely pushed it over the edge to the R rating. And also, it would have been way too like that's mesh. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, also, as also, it wouldn't really like play into like the themes. Definitely that not. That they're going definitely for. not. But I for a minute there, I was like, oh no, really? Uh, but they didn't. So that's good. No. Uh, but no. Do you want to talk about that scene? Well, what do you want to talk about? Is there any well, well, going stuff well, going back about? to the the pregnancy scene. Yes, uh, the the scene where she, where she like breaks water, like you know, because of that, we get that scene of just great tension and build up and release of not only like Emily Blunt's character is in an incredible amount of pain. Yes, in that scene, like not only is she is her water breaking, she's in labor, which is one of the most painful things any human could. Well, yeah, that's the other thought. Is like you're gonna have a sound free birth labor that was their plan initially <laughs> right they were i think they were initially going to give birth in that soundproof room right on under the under the mattress under the mattress yeah but which how exactly i think i missed how exactly they soundproof that room they put like stuff the on the wall they put shit on the, on the wall. wall you know they don't they don't really like linger on it too uh-huh. much because you don't want to over explain no things because that's that's one of the movie. What's one of the things the movie does quite well is that it doesn't over-explain things. It doesn't over-explain where the monsters come from or no, what exactly it, they are. It, they don't even really give them a name. No, it does well by kind of show don't tell by like establishing 
like kind of the rules of this world mm-hmm. by showing you right and by establishing like you know in the same time that Emily Blunt is so they separate the characters off they do right before this pregnancy scene yeah which is also good because you have you have the dynamic of the um, daughter who blames herself because she let the youngest boy keep the rocket ship toy that got him killed um Feeling somewhat ostracized from this family, but also ostracizing herself because she blames herself for what happened. Um, And also feeling upset about the kind of gender role that's going on with the son. Mm -hmm. And uh, John Krasinski's character choosing the son to go forage for fish rather than taking her, the willing daughter, taking the younger son who is very scared. Right. right? Um, So they go off to fish... The daughter goes off to mourn mourn her younger brother, who she still feels regret for. And then Emily Blunt is left alone. And then her Nine water, months pregnant. Yes. And then her water breaks. And then she steps on a nail. Yes. Which they also sh- do a good job by showing very, like... Very this obvious. One, this, this one's maybe a little more clumsy, but showing you that that nail is on the step. It was, it was a little bit... It was a Somebody's little... going to get that nail. That one shot could have been cut out because they do establish that. And it's, you know, it's a very minor gripe, but... I, I mean, yeah, like, she's pregnant. She's going into labor. She doesn't also... I think maybe they're just... Well, she has to drop the painting, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever she's holding that causes the loud sound that, like, attracts them in the first place. But, uh... But, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not complaining yeah. about the nail no, it itself. Doesn't suck. It's just her situation sucked. Yeah, and that yeah, just like being in that much pain, and then also a monster is is stalking you. Yeah, and and you're just like you're just wondering like how the hell is she gonna get out of this? And she's badass. Like yeah, I, I have to say Emily like, fucking Blunt. It's it's done well to like not just make her the damsel. No, not at all. I like. I feel like making Emily Blunt a damsel is like less believable given her career. <laughs> True. True. Um, she kicks ass in that uh, Tom Cruise movie mm-hmm. with Die Repeat. Is it? Sure. Edge of well, Tomorrow. Whatever. Edge of Tomorrow, colon, live, die, repeat. Yeah. Colon, all you need is kill. Exactly. But, yeah, uh, nonetheless, oh, I had a thought. Uh-huh. I had a thought. I'll get back to it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I, I, yeah, I really like the scene where she is going into labor and... That is probably the highlight of the movie. Basically, once that kicks off, the movie doesn't relent. No. Like, that kind of is the start of the third act and from there on, like, it is in high stakes tension mode. Yeah, because now the whole farm is crawling with those things. Well, they also do well to establish, like, uh, Krasinski has his, like, bunker going on where he's, he is, um trying to reach anyone else in the world um, through Morse code. Uh, and he's, like, crossing off, like, different, like, Japan and different places. So, like, that's, it's really subtle world building going on there. These creatures are really fucked up the whole world. Yeah, but it also establishes in that bunker, like, there seems to be, he's, like, researching the creatures and trying to find out what their weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. He's got some notes there. They, that his notes establish that they're blind. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't write down, like, 
echolocation or whatever, but maybe that would have been too much. I mean, the clicking that they're doing is kind of giving you well, the audience. Well, okay, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Um, the, you know, they, they establish enough about the creatures, but they don't over-explain them right. in a way like like what the Alien franchise has done to the Xenomorph, which is over-explain it so you know everything about the creature so it's it's no longer scary. Like they keep the yeah. they keep the creatures mysterious well, I mean, enough. The Alien franchise overestablished the Xenomorph by just by nature of like there being many entries into that franchise. Definitely, it's not like they do that for the Xenomorph in Alien. No, no, no. Of course, this not. is much more Alien than anything else. Sure, sure. Um, and I don't. Hopefully, we don't need a, a Quiet Places. No, we no. Can we just leave it at that. This one and done. This is this is a good one and done. Yeah, for sure. But this movie is produced by Michael Bay, so we'll see what he wants to do. Yeah, I didn't actually did not realize that until Pla- we got the Platinum Dunes is his is his company. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. He also he also uh, helped produce those. Like I don't. I think this is John Krasinski's baby, even yeah. though Michael Bay is a producer. So I think he'll have the final say on what he wants to do with the franchise. And I would say if, it, if he even wants to turn it into a franchise, it's in good hands in his hands because he seems to really like understand less is more for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but to get back to that point, they do a good job of through world building by like dropping these things about it by showing you rather than just telling you. Yeah, and it keeps I you mean, interested. The whiteboard maybe is telling you kind of in a way, but like it's it's sort of in the background there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little newspaper. The newspaper clippings about, you know, the world falling into chaos. and It's definitely a lot more interesting than just, like, two characters, like, unnaturally talking about. It's like, right. oh, you know, they can't hear anything. Like, you know. Well, like, exactly. That wouldn't make any sense. They've no. been living in this for over a year. But a lesser horror movie yes. would, would have done that. Yes. And it does very well by just kind of teasing out that information. But yeah. it also says on the whiteboard that he thinks that there, he knows for sure there are three at so least. yeah, so but they only show three by the end. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. So uh, yeah, that's maybe more spoilerific kind of. Mm, well, um, the last little bit with the with the father, um, the say, corn the corn scene. The, the, what do you think about the corn scene? The corn scene was actually very good. Yeah, like drowning in corn sucks. Which, yeah, would just that suck would suck. Yeah, in general, and that was something I've never really seen before. Yeah, in a harm. They like, fall you know, into the silo where they're storing the corn kernels, and and the corn works as like quicksand. Basically, quicksand. Yeah, which quicksand. Which has I think. A, I don't know. Do you think you would just? Do you think you would actually slip into it like that? I don't know. Hmm. I'm not a corn expert. Yeah, neither am I. Despite being from Cornwall. Uh huh. I'm sorry. I don't forgive you. <laughs> um, no, but that was novel. I thought. Yeah, 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 that was good. I was talking about more of the scene. So the you know like the, the the final scene with the father where the two kids are stuck in the truck, like very much like Jurassic Park again. Jurassic Park for sure. Um, yes. And. I don't know. It's 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 like a little like the handling of the father's death was I felt a little bit on, more on the cliche side. A little bit, but I think it like fits with the he is protecting his 
children. Yeah. And I think at that point he's desperate. Mm-hmm. Because I think like everything has just gone to shit in such a way that he is at this point very desperate just to do sure. something. And I think when he takes that hit, which, you know... The initial hit. The initial hit. I think he probably knows that that hit was already right. fatal. And um, they and they do establish, like, this, this tension between the father and the daughter due to the scene in the beginning. Right. And I guess him admitting... Not admitting, but telling the daughter, I, you know... The, the whole thing is, like, he, he says, I love you, before he dies. Mm-hmm. Which... Well, they set you that they, they set that up though. They because, do set it up because he has the conversation with his son. Like I thought that there were some actually resonant emotional moments in this movie. There were I, the 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 waterfall scene, the waterfall scene where he's talking to his son, where you get this kind of like, you know, it's gratifying in that way because he's showing his son you know, we can speak here, mm-hmm. and it's I think the first spoken line of dialogue. They're whispering kind of while they're signing, but this is the first like full volume discussion that they have and that scene is maybe a little bit on the nose as well but you know it's an eight-year-old kid so he's he's saying like are you still mad at my sister do you you know do you still love her yeah and he's as a father he says of course like of course i i still love her and he's like well she still blames herself you should tell her that Mm -hmm. so they're setting that up there and then the payoff is in his sacrifice like the last thing he says is like because really, doesn't have a ch- he doesn't have a chance to do so before that. Right. So he's got to, you know. Maybe I guess just just like for me, it's more of a personal thing. Like the the payoff the payoff for me, just like the way it was, the way it was done was a little bit on the nose and sure cliche. So it didn't it wasn't as emotionally resonant as some other scenes. And for me, maybe it wasn't as resonant as it, as it could have been to me, me it was the the more emotional scene was when she goes down into the uh bunker absolutely and she finds the station of mm-hmm. his all his work where he's been working on a hearing aid for her and like that is showing that he, how much he loves her rather than just like saying it or like telling her yeah right? so yeah, and that's that's like that's a big strength of the movie was was showing its, right, its storytelling. Exactly. But that one moment was more telling. It was which which, but, which mean, did kind of throw me off a little bit. You have to give it the few, you know. More it's, it's very Holly. It's very Hollywood. It's okay, yeah, but still. Um, what did you read? Or how did you read the scene with the old man in the woods? Um, did you just see that as? One of the monsters got his wife, and he discovered his wife there because she was kind of like eviscerated. I guess it's just kind of the thing. Well, I think it establishes um, John Krasinski's suicide scene, where I guess like it's like established in that world. If you want to commit suicide, you just go. You just you just yell. So I guess since that that old man saw his wife eviscerated he thought to himself he had nothing to live for exactly so he just yelled and you know we got another shot of the monster sure okay that's fair that's how i read that yeah it's fair enough and and it and it um motivated john krasinski and the son to get moving yeah um so i guess that brings us pretty much to the end of the movie uh what did you think about the ending 
Mm, they may, It was a little bit muddled to me how exactly the feedback from her implant or her hearing aid was working. Yeah, I like to like. I get it that it's you know feedback is causing them the monsters who have very sensitive hearing to. I think they established the feedback being a weakness to the monster like one too many times. Yes, probably. So that like may and then be... she turns it off at one point. Seemingly for no reason. Because I bet it's very painful. I get... Well, for her. she doesn't have to wear it, though. No, that's the, that's the thing. I guess that she figures that out. Yeah. Like, it's still going to feed back without it being in her ear. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I, I Yeah. Well, yeah. Because she puts it on the on the thing. Um. So... So, so yeah. I guess that was... Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Is that I think they show it one too many times... Mm-hmm. For the, like the last moment, where they're she really used... drilling at home. Like, no, they're weak to this. Mm-hmm. He wrote weakness on the board. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I found it. It, it that was a little bit of spelling it out. Yeah, but... a little bit. But but it was still a satisfying I ending. Think the movie's well crafted enough that you can forgive it. These few like yeah, you know, it doesn't more... it doesn't ruin the movie no, in any way. Um. So yeah, you get that kind of badass scene of of her using the microphone to really knock the monster off guard and then it seemed clear you should probably shoot it in the kind of glowy weak spot <laughs> on its head and it's like emily, lost planet emily blunt does just that oh yeah and emily blunt holding a shotgun that's she does that in a lot of movies she does yeah. looper on a I farm do. i do yes yeah yes um but more so like what do you think of the actual end ending of them just showing the other monsters hearing the gunshot, which, you know, very, very loud. Of course. And then running straight to them. And then them at ending the movie just with the two of them like, all right, let's fucking go. I, I mean, after uh, the after like the whole movie of all these characters having such a disadvantage against these these creatures, it was actually like a pretty nice and cathartic moment yeah. to end the movie on. Where it's like, yeah, we got this. We got this now. But maybe not. But, eh, but maybe we have a chance at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that I really liked how they ended it right there. Yeah. I thought any more or any less would have been not enough. It would or have too much. It would have overstayed its welcome. Exactly. And I think just ending. I heard somebody behind us go like, "What?" Like, of course. But like, no, I think that was like just the right moment to just cut that off because. Mm-hmm. You as the audience can kind of fill in the rest of what you think, but like they don't need to do all. They don't need to do that again three times. Nah. So. So yeah, over overall, a solid product. Very solid. I I very much enjoyed it. I I would recommend. I would definitely recommend it to people to go see to go check it out. Yeah, it's. I would recommend you do not buy popcorn. Definitely. Please be respectful to everyone else in the audience. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. Don't talk. Don't chew. Just watch. Yeah. And enjoy the beautifully photographed Hudson Valley. Yes. Enjoy as, the scenic you, Hudson Valley. As you watch the movie. Um, yes. All right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much That's it, right? pretty much all I have to say. closing thoughts? No, you No, good? no. I got everything. Cool. Well, uh, thank you, dear listener, uh, for taking this journey with us, for listening to our thoughts. Uh, if you yourself have thoughts, you can reach out to us. We are on Instagram, uh, story under, underscore 
screen underscore beacon, I think. Can you tell me? Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> um, and then we are on Twitter, uh, which is story. That one, I think, is story underscore screen. I'm not good at this whole social media thing. Usually, I let Robbie or, or Mike do this. Do this. Bit. Either way, story screens yes. on the internet. Yes, we're on the internet. We are at story underscore screen on Twitter and on Instagram. We are story underscore screen underscore beacon. And there's also the big website itself, storyscreenbeacon.com. Correct. It's a lovely looking website. It's a great website. There's Full. lots of articles there. The rest of our podcasts are there. We've got reviews up there, all kinds of good content. Of movies, TV shows, and all jazz. And books as well. Books as well. Yeah. We've got loads of stuff. So uh, check that out. Leave us a comment. Go on iTunes. Subscribe. Yeah. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Do all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Do what you like. Do what you want. Yeah. Thank or you for don't. listening. Or don't. Yeah. But, you know. It's maybe if you do. maybe do sure. we would like yeah it we sure would that'd like be it. good anyway that's that's enough of that that's uh enough. thank you again for listening i'm jack kolajeski i'm jeremy kolajeski have a good night okay should be good okay give us a little what you want me to make st- some sound? Make some sounds? Yeah. Isn't that a good idea? No. It's not a good idea. I'm just trying to get us even, so move over a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Shh, don't make a sound. Has a sound. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. You ready? Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm glad Mike's not here so we can't talk about fucking you. What? <laughs>